Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com, along with me, Matt Matera, today, also from PewterReport.com, and from One Buck Place, because we're out at practice at OTAs. We actually got to observe that, observe, and now we'll report on everything that we saw at Bucks OTAs practices. It was great to be back boots on the ground and see hear coaches yelling and the sun's out, football on the field. It always gets me excited to be covering this team and we can get out to practice and cover it in person. Yeah, it, it was awesome to be back there. Uh, I know you were there for OTAs last week. I was there for rookie OTAs, so almost an extended version of that. This time it's more... Uh, rookie OTAs featuring Giovanni Bernard. But yeah, it's just great even just hearing, like you said, the coaches talking, the whistles, the plays, everyone giving their all. It's, you know, football is the best sport. And, uh, you know, we're really lucky and blessed to be out there. And uh, it's yeah. it's awesome. What else can you say? Right. You, you can't say much else. I mean, it, we're, we're going to talk about a lot of different stuff today, but that is the essence of it as we get back into the swing of all this, being able to cover stuff in, live again. Man, it's great. <laughs> it's awesome to be out there making our own observations. You get the juices flowing. You, know? you really do, yeah. You get a little yeah. more amped up. You feel the yep. adrenaline coming. You see the player interactions again, the coach interactions, and yeah, it's great to be around. And I know Bucks fans are dying. They're living vicariously through us. They're dying to know kind of everything that's going on with the team and how some of these camp battles are going to shake out uh, and how the special team situations and the depth situations in this team will shake themselves out, even if most of the starting jobs are kind of already settled and locked in at this point. We're going to get into all that, man. There were some impressive performances. Some of these practices are boring. Today was not a boring day out of Bucks OTAs. It was a great day, and there were lots of observations to be made. We are very shortly, probably as we're on air, Scott or Mark will publish uh, the Bucks practice report from today. So there'll be a lot of details in there. Feel free to read along as you are listening to this podcast. But we're going to talk about some of the stuff that's in there and some of the stuff that's not, including a Jalen Darden and Jaden Micken story that made us really happy. Uh, that we, I don't know if we can write about, but hopefully we can talk a little bit about it on the show because it was a very innocuous story, but a uh, very fun story still. So we're going to talk about all this. It's all going to be brought to you by our friends over at Celsius today. But we're not doing no video commercial. We're just talking about it ourselves. That's all we're going to do, Matt, because Celsius is that great. The sparkling watermelon, you've got the blueberry pomegranate, great choice. I love the sparkling watermelon. It's one of the newer flavors I've tried. If you don't know about Celsius, it is. It is unbelievable healthy energy in a drink, accelerates metabolism, unbelievable flavor, zero sugar, burns body fat. It has been a game changer for me as somebody who never really drank energy drinks. And here's the real kicker, Matt. My wife is trying to wean herself off of coffee, just doing decaf, off of coffee. That's not easy. She is doing it by just having a couple sips. She said three to four sips of Celsius a day. It has gone unbelievable the first week. She is stunned by how well it's gone. Honestly, weren't sure it was going to work. Didn't want to say anything until we figured out if it was going to work on the podcast. But we're a weekend and it seems to be working great for her. She is thrilled about the results of it. But that's what it can do. Just a couple sips. That's all she does. Uh, you know, And I drink about half of one really before my workout. So it's great stuff. Definitely check out Celsius. I have my own Celsius story, if I could. Uh, oh, Celsius story I, time. Wow. We got Jalen yeah. Darden stories, Jaden Mickens stories, Celsius <laughs> stories. Just, just right. a real quick one. Uh, two Sundays ago, my buddy was coming over. We we're going to watch the uh, the PGA Championship, which Phil Mickelson mm. ended up winning for all you right. uh, golf fans out there. Uh, he was able to watch some of it, but then he had to go. He works at a bar that's uh, not far from where I live. 
And as you know, golf can be a little slow and a little monotonous. So you start feeling like a nap coming on. He's like, oh man, like I'm going to be pretty tired coming into work. And he goes, you got any of that Celsius? And I was oh. like, do I have Celsius? You bet I have Celsius. <laughs> what flavor do you want? He tried the blueberry for the first time. He loved it. He, he's been a big fan of Celsius, but as far as the blueberry, that was right. his first time having that. He was up and ready to go and had a great shift at work. Wow, so, you know, wow. Celsius is, is helping the people out here. You might have saved his job. Celsius might have saved his job. That's what Celsius can do for you folks. Go to Celsius.com. Go check out the banner ads on pewterreport.com. Click through, find the flavors, find the store locator, figure out where they are by you and get yourself some Celsius. Game, change change the game today. Changing the game. Speaking of that, uh, Matt, uh, Jalen Darden. Oh, wow. What a practice, huh? He was awesome. Catching the ball outside his frame, separating at the top of routes. You know it's cool when a player, even amidst that group, which I know there's not like any Pro Bowl DBs out there, even amidst that group, though, when a player is standing out to the degree that Darden is for now a couple practices, it's a really encouraging sign that you don't have to worry about the jumping competition from North Texas to the NFL. Now, will he be a star? Can he can he do that against the Buck starters? We'll see about that. We don't know about that yet, but really seems like he's acclimating extremely well to the NFL level so far. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, he's making cuts all over the place. He had, as I said in one of the tweets that we on the video that we posted of Darden, he was making highlight real plays. And he was, you know, he caught one right by the sideline. And he's making these catches that you know are good because you have everyone around us watching. Everyone made that, you know, those Ooh, yes. and those yeah. gasps and stuff like that. Uh, real, I'm, obviously, everyone loves his speed, and I'm impressed too. A lot of the catches he's making, he's extending his arms to make the grab, and he's yep. he's not letting the ball come to him and catching it in his chest. He's got his hands out, and he's making full extended catches, which help him get to that next gear. And he's got a lot yep. of those gears because he's a really fast player that helps him get straight up the field. And that's what yep. we've seen with him. What we enjoy about Darden is that he's a as we said, he's going to be a yak guy. He's able to do things when the ball is in his hand. But yeah, he was just making some plays that you had to turn your head and be like, wow, th this guy is something special and the competition is what it is. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you could really be off to a better start than what Jalen Darden's got going on right now. It really can't. I mean, he's had a great opportunity, obviously, because once it comes time for camp, I know those opportunities against top competition are going to be few and far between. Um, you know, it's just reality of, of the deepest wide receiver room by far in the league. Um, just not going to have a lot of those. So he's taking advantage of all the reps that he can. Good for him in doing so. You're exactly right about catching the ball away from his frame. Shows a lot of confidence in his hands to me. That's the big difference between he and Mickens. Mickens is really a body catcher, and that works. I mean, Antonio Browns can be a body catcher at times too. He's great hands. Yeah. But they, he knows how to do it with his body. So a lot of guys catch with their body because they're not confident in their hands. That's not a B. I think to a little bit of a degree, that's Mickens, though. We saw him drop a couple today, and Darden dropped one too, to be fair. Yeah. Mickens also had a great day, though. Uh, you know, both of these guys, it was very clear Darden and Mickens uncoverable from the group of corners that were there. And keep in mind, Herb Miller's not practicing. You got the top four guys aren't there. Herb Miller's not practicing right now with a minor injury. And Cameron Kinley, who stood out at rookie OTAs, was not there. So it was Nate Brooks and Dee Delaney getting whooped. <laughs> they were getting whooped today in practice, Matt. It was rough going. I'm not sure either of those guys got a hand on the ball and they were victimized several times and covered. So it was clear Mickens and Darden kind of a tier above everybody else out there. Yeah, they were a dynamic duo. And mm -hmm. like you said, Mickens was almost just as good as Darden today. So he deserves a lot of credit. 
they kind of look like Mike Evans and Chris Condolin out there. <laughs> and uh, like you're saying, all right, I'm leaving. <laughs> just for a day, they kind of look like the, the production. I'm just gonna quote. I'm just gonna clip that segment of the pod, <laughs> post it on social, and just be like, "Wow!" And then production wise, production wise, <laughs> they were putting up what uh, that's right. My guy Very similar can do. Yeah, the, the the secondary for the box in OTAs today was not pretty. You can't really sugarcoat it. There was one pass breakup that was by Antonio Hamilton. And quite honestly, that should have been an interception or, or a pick six just because, you know, it's seven yeah. on sevens. And You're right. That I think no was really the only them. pass breakup, maybe. I mean, the what's the safety's name? Wow. Uh, Lawrence White had a break on the ball on a corner route. I don't think he actually touched it, but he was kind of in position if the right. ball had been on yeah. target. But that was about it, man. DBs got, got carved up today. I uh, did not see many negative plays from Chris Wilcox still. I know fans are wondering. Um, I didn't see a ton of negative plays from him. Uh, so he was one of the guys that kind of, for whatever reason, didn't seem like he got a lot of the tougher matchups. Um, I, they were keeping him on the right side of the field, and a lot of Darden and Mickens working on the other side, I think, has, has kept him kind of clean of those tough matchups for whatever reason. I haven't noticed them isolating him in those tougher matchups a lot. And it seemed like there was a lot of confusion out there too between the secondary. A lot of times when the when the offense was was getting these big plays, and um, Kyle Trask and Ryan Griffin had good report with um, with the tight ends today too. I yeah. mean, obviously there the legend grows of of Ryan Griffin and Tanner Hudson, but it was really Kyle Trask and Tanner Hudson that were hitting it off today. But yes. anyway, like what I was trying to say is, uh, you saw a lot of you know guys looking at each other after a play and not not necessarily bickering but certain certain just like you could tell with the body language that they're kind of looking at each other like oh man you know you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that uh there's one play in particular i believe it went to cody mcelroy over the middle and uh i'm not going to dox the player here but uh the player that like audibly know a word not be said on on i was gonna say on air on this youtube channel right here <laughs> but I think that just kind of showed the, the frustration that everyone on defense was kind of having is this was more offensive day. And granted, yeah. with no pads on and no threat of like a pass rush going on here, it's going to sway towards the offense in the first place. But today was really tough for the secondary. And you can just kind of tell the the difference in talent between a guy like Darden who goes in the fourth round and guys that went undrafted in the secondary it's one practice but we can only report on what we saw today and that mostly was the case right no i agree it was it was clear and uh michael henderson wants to know about the db from navy uh that he saw a clip against darden that he did really well that must have been from the other day uh kinley was still not there cameron kinley is who he's referring to kinley was still not there gave the commencement speech at navy's graduation um and so he's still not wasn't back at practice today bruce arians told us after practice so that's another reason why it was, it was a rough day for the secondary. Yeah. Even some of the lower end guys uh, on the roster weren't out there. So, but that's what you want to see. You want to see guys dominate. And I thought not only did Mickens and and uh, and, and um, Darden do that, but uh, Kyle Trask as well. I mean, he was very accurate all day. I thought he threw the ball extremely well. Um, the corner routes were they were going to the corner routes all the time. That's one of the tougher throws for a quarterback. Obviously not under duress per se in this practice, but. He made a lot of nice throws, dropping the ball in. And Ryan Griffin threw the ball really, really well, too. Both of those guys were kind of in a zone. Um, and I'm sure not having to deal with pressure and having a lot of space to throw to. Uh, not many contested grabs in this practice uh, helped a lot. But, yeah, it was very much an offensive day, and those guys stood out. And you mentioned Tanner Hudson. And 
I think Tanner Hudson is kind of still clearly ahead of the pack for tight end four. Had a really strong day, got open against DBs. Um, I know it's lower level DBs, but he's a tight end four. That's a good, that's good for him if that's what he's doing, if he's tearing up these kind of practices. McElroy had some moments, dropped a couple or dropped a ball or two, maybe. Um, didn't quite look as crisp at the end of his routes or transitioning from receiver to runner after the catch, but those things are hard to monitor and practice still a little bit. Um, and Jarrell Adams still to me just looks kind of out of sorts, man. Like not sure on where his route should be. And he's a guy that's been around longer, I think, than Hudson and McElroy. So not a great sign for him. You know, he just keeps – he kind of slows up at the top of routes and has to, like, really try and look for the football. It's not fluid for him to kind of find it in one motion. Uh, couldn't track the ball to the sideline and keep both feet down on one grab. Uh, didn't get his hands up on another on a hitch route earlier, and the ball kind of, like, whizzed by him. Got to be ready coming out of that. I, maybe it was a little hot, but got to be ready coming out and – so there was just some – he doesn't seem like he's totally acclimated yet, and you don't have a lot of time to get acclimated, especially in a tight end room like this one. So I think it's still Tanner Hudson's job to lose right now. Yeah, he was – I overall, I, I thought the tight ends looked pretty good. But, it, yeah, there was no question that Tanner Hudson was the number one guy. Um, to go back to the quarterbacks real quick, as good as they were, I think – and we, we talked about this a little bit when we were at practice today – the worst they looked today at practice was when they were throwing against no one, when they were just throwing to 100%. the wide receivers. Yes, with, with no defenders on them, which super silly. It's fine <laughs> when you know your your first couple throws are the worst, and you just get them out of the way. It, yeah. it was really good to see, especially everyone's counting out Griffin, but I like the effort that Griffin put in, where you know he's he's obviously the number four guy, but he's not approaching that yeah. for for this camp he's he's going out there and he's gonna battle to i mean it would be actually bruce Arians said you, you never know what what could happen you know you look yeah. at two seasons ago and blaine gabbard dislocated shoulder in um right in preseason yep. and you know then it's the next guy up so i really like how griffin performed today i like too that you know not every single time like everyone's going to be open so i thought he did a good job of and again, there's not like pass rushers and stuff like that, but he's able to like an extend a play and find Giovanni Bernard and build the chemistry there. And what you're talking about with Trask going to the the corners and, and deep down the field, that was a big progression I saw in terms of. And again, I can only go on what I saw uh, saw when I was there for the rookie mini camps, but uh, he was overthrowing passes down the field and uh, especially in those corners on the first day of rookie OTAs, he was connecting on you know little out routes to the running backs, but those aren't high degrees of difficulty compared to right. going down the field. And he really stepped it up on those throws today. He found Mickens a couple of times. He, he, he found the tight end. So I thought that was a really, really promising thing there. And then uh, as far as tight ends, like you said, McElroy really interests me because he, he's got decent size, I think. And I think he could be his story is so interesting. He played like a yeah. number of different sports in college. And then now he's playing football now too. I wonder for him if it's still more about just like learning for lack of a better way of describing it, like kind of like learning how to play in the NFL versus like right. years and years of, of, of experience. I'm curious to see how this training camp will go. Cause he's a guy that he's had little bright moments here and there. Mm -hmm. He's got a long way to go. He's got a big mountain to climb with the number of guys in front of him, but uh, it's clearly Tanner Hudson's job to lose at number four. Should make for some good competition with a roster that it's all about the backups. Yeah, feels like McElroy is just kind of that guy that's like 
he's a big wide receiver that could maybe play tight end and you like to have him in case a rash of injuries happens at either spot. Yeah. You like to have him on the practice squad. But he's survived that I was saying to you today at practice. It's crazy to me that Arian's offense asked tight ends to block as much as they do, ask what they do of Gronk in the run game, which is hard assignments. Again, a duo-based system, you're blocking solo a lot of time as a tight end. You're not necessarily getting a lot of ton of double team action as the, as the tight end. And so it's pretty cool that it's pretty crazy that as much as they ask of Gronk, if he were to go down, you know, God forbid, but they don't really have anybody that can replicate that. All their guys after that are way more receiver than they are blocker. And you hope OJ Howard keeps developing as he did last year, but it's not going to be like a Gronkowski level blocking where there are a lot of tight ends around the league that specialize in blocking. And really since Arians has been there, the Bucs have made no effort to add anybody like that. They've kind of just kept their receiver or the tight end room as it is, as mostly a, a receiving group, which is, very different from where what Arians did at some of his former, you know, more recent stops. There was almost always blockers featured, so it's odd. Yeah, and well, Anthony Anthony Auclair was was there. He was supposed to be, but it, yeah, tight end blocking. It never, it never blocker, really developed. <laughs> yeah, and then he got hurt this year too. He was a solid special teams player, and obviously, special teams is like the narrative of this entire OTAs. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, once um once Auclair went down they never really they just relied on gronk and that was right. about it and gronk yep. became a uh what what he kept saying uh i'm a blocking tight end baby that, that was his line that's right <laughs> uh we are going to get to some of these questions here we're going to get to that darden and micken story here next but first i want to let you know about locker room it's a social audio app that is changing the way we talk sports it's the only place for live audio conversations about the takes rumors news and teams you care about React to sports news as it happens. Gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games. Rep your favorite teams and find your community. Better Sports Talk is just a tap away. Download on the Apple App Store and join the conversation with Locker Room. Great stuff from them. Uh, Of course, uh, we are going live on Locker Room. Uh, We'll probably be going live on Locker Room to talk tomorrow night some um, about some of the different things going down uh it was related to the bucks we'll talk special teams we'll talk otas we'll talk some of these camp battles but we always get into a little bit more we peel back some of the layers talk about some stuff that we don't talk about on the pod uh, on the locker room show so download locker room follow pewter report you'll get notified when we go live all right so uh, we're going to get to these questions some great questions by the way up keep them coming uh we're going to get to all of them and knock them out here before we wrap up this pod but first this mickens darden moment was great to me because it's right in front of us, beginning of practice. The, the stretch groups kind of they did some some uh, some simulated kickoffs with the uh, jugs machine uh, to yeah. start practice. Just those guys running under the ball, fielding it, communicating to the rest of the group. And the they whole time that's happening, they each went four for four. Nobody dropped any. Yeah. Darden made some. There were some tough kicks to track all the way to the cor- front corner of the Down end zone. The corner, yeah. one, yes, and so he and he tracked them and caught them all. So um, great job by both of them in that session. But the whole time they're out there. Mickens is instructing Darden and kind of helping him, giving him pointers. Make sure you say it like this. That's what all they'll recognize that I'm feeling, you know, and, and say, uh, you know, short, 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 short. So the guy ahead of you knows he's got to step up a little bit. So he's just all the details, right? Like painstaking detail, um, stuff that you would, a lot of players would just think everybody knows this. He's kind of going over and over and over with Darden. And then after the session was over, everybody else goes to their different sessions. The two of them are still down in the end zone just talking. And Darden is, or Mickens is kind of running Darden through all these situations. Like, what do you do in these situations? And one of the first ones he ran over with them was some people might remember the Ty Montgomery play a couple years ago. Green Bay was playing, I think, Miami. Um, 
in a game and Ty Montgomery, there was a kickoff that went like near the three yard line, started to die out a kickoff and Dar- and Montgomery went out of bounds, reached back in and touched the ball while I was in the field of play that a lot of people were confused when he did that. But what that means is the ball is going to the 40 yard line and it's a flag on the kickoff team uh, because the player's out of bounds when he touched it. So Mickens actually walked Darden through that scenario, which either Mickens had somebody tell him or that's Montgomery's the only time I've seen a player do that. And maybe I missed one, but Mickens is kind of aware enough of everything about the return game to be able to communicate that to Darden and say, here's a situation that almost never happens, but if it happens, be prepared. I thought that was super cool moment where he was going through and showing him, you need to be out of bounds. Here's where your feet need to be. And you reach in and you, and that's the ball and it'll be a flag. And, and he was like, and yeah, the guys running down, Mickett said something to the effect of the guys running down, will say you're scared, but tell him, tell him you'll see him on the punt on punt, you know, punt returns. That's a different story. It's like, we ball out on punt returns. So kickoffs were smart. And then he walked Darden down to the end zone and the best part happened. I thought he said to Darden, all right, what do you do if the ball hits and it rolls into the end zone? Okay. It hits in the field of play, rolls into the end zone. And Darden said something to the effect, we couldn't quite hear him, but said something to the effect of, I pick it up and I run it back. And, and, uh, Megan's goes, hell no. He said, Tom Brady is your quarterback. (laughs) So he's basically just like, dude, you got to take that ball, kneel it. And then you're getting that ball at the 25-yard line, and Tom Brady can do his thing. He's like, you'll need to be the hero when Tom Brady's your quarterback. It was a great moment, and the two of them, watching the two of them yuck it up and kind of learn from each other was pretty fun. Yeah, it was a very wholesome moment. It was very, a very cool thing to see, especially with Darden being a new guy. You know, these two guys are competing for the same spot as far as uh, kick and punt returner. Darden is coming to essentially try and take – Jaden Mickens job. So yes. for, for Mickens to go out of his way and take Darden under his wing and, and show him the ropes and, and show him, you know, certain situations on, on how to handle things th- that was really big of him. And it showed, you know, maturity yeah. and Bruce Arians spoke about that uh, in the press conference after he was saying he saw it in Pittsburgh when Jerome Bettis essentially paved the way for Willie Parker, I believe, and mm-hmm. showed Willie Parker how, He'll take Jerome Bettis's job. I'm not saying that's necessarily going to happen because Mickens isn't just going to give it up. But it was a really cool thing to see. He showed him the out of bounds. I don't want to call it a trick, yeah. but the out of bounds play that you could run. He also right. showed two certain ways where the way the ball is getting kicked, how your momentum is going to take it, like the best way to cut up field from there. Yeah. It was an awesome thing to see. And these are two guys that so far, they genuinely really enjoy each other's company. I mean... <laughs> Mickens was telling him all the strategy and things like that, but they were talking about a lot of, a lot of other stuff too. They were, yeah. you know, joking, laughing, dapping it up. Yeah. Um, if you go on Instagram, they, they tag each other and in a lot of stuff on the, on their Instagram stories. These two guys that are genuinely, they seem like they are friendly outside of just being teammates together. So that was right. really cool to see. And it happened what within the first five to 10 minutes of practice. Mm-hmm. So practice yeah. already got off to a great start with just, just seeing that right. moment there. Mickens is one of those guys everybody on the team loves. I mean, Arian said yeah. it after practice. He's like, Mickens is just a hell of a vet. Like, he really likes him. He appreciates him on the team. The detail which which he was teaching Darden was really impressive to me. Uh, like you said, he was telling, like, when you field kicks, you can't, like, field it in the field of play and back up into the end zone. No, you got to go. He would say, you got to go. And he was explaining to him, you know, and he was explaining to him when you field a punt on the run – 
you know, take a few more steps that way and you'll get everybody out of their lanes, then make your cut before you get to the first defender. It was just really, it was, again, it was great stuff. It was a level of detail, which he could have easily just kind of brushed by and said, this guy doesn't know this. I might help me get an edge. And that would have been totally understandable by the way, um, in my opinion, but you know, he went out of his way to do that. And I, you know, I know Bucks would love to keep all these guys at some point, you're eight deep at receiver and you don't have a million <laughs> options, but I'm telling you, they're going to keep seven receivers on this team. I know that's crazy, but that's what I, I really believe they're seven are going to make the 53 and you're going to see one on the practice squad. And I don't know what the rules will be for practice squad. And I think sure they're, they're hoping they can keep Mickens there. I don't know what his eligibility will look like for the rules if they go back to the way that it was, but pretty cool moments to start practice for sure. Uh, Edward Fernandez wants to know, how's K.J. Britt look? Well, it was a rough day for K.J. Britt. First of all, K.J. Britt and Grant Stewart are the only linebackers here. Yeah, they're, they're kind of on an island out yes, there. Right. It is. They're getting all the reps. Uh, Kevin Minter, Levante David, Devin White, obviously not here. Joe Jones uh, has not shown up yet. Um, <laughs> I asked Bruce Arians today, you know, is there an update on Joe Jones, who was supposed to be his wife and he, he and his wife or girlfriend, or I'm not sure, were having a baby last week. And uh, Bruce had said that, and he still wasn't here this week. And Bruce was like, I haven't heard anything about that baby. So I don't know what's going on. So Joe Jones, I think uh, Greg Alvin was telling me that Joe Jones, um, his Twitter handle or something is like at family man or something like that. So probably not going to see him until training camp, but he's going to yeah. take that, which he should. I mean, take that time to be with his family for sure. But so KJ Britt and Grant Stewart are taking all those reps right now. And now that the routes are getting a little more vertical and the offense is opening up a little bit more, it is really exposing these guys. I mean, they just can't run. Like, that's just the biggest thing. They can't run to pl- enough to play defense in the NFL, in my opinion, at a high level. Like, you know, could they be good special teamers where you're just kind of running a straight line, you have your lane, you finish, you tackle, you hit, you get off blocks? Oh, that's that's absolutely still in the cards. And I can't wait to see how they perform. I just think there's no ceiling for either guy. So, in my opinion, keeping them around on the roster to keep them off somebody else's team or getting signed off the practice squad is pointless to me. Like if they get signed away to somebody else's practice squad, first of all, I don't think that's going to happen. Second of all, okay, you just move on, you know? And so that's why I think when Joe Jones gets here, he's going to have a huge advantage because this guy's been a great special team in the league for a long time. Um, he stood out in that way when he's gotten to play defensively. It's been sparingly. He stood out. A bunch of Broncos uh, beat writers and, and reporters, podcasters that I talked to were like, we never understood why he got more time on defense he, or why he didn't get more time on defense. He was impressive in that way. So, you know, it was just a – today was just rough. Giovanni Bernard just – again, that's the guys you're going to be covering in the NFL. And, and K.J. Britt just had no chance, right? A couple underneath routes. I mean, the separation was, what, five yards? It wasn't. Yeah, Br- Britt especially, he was always like a yard or two behind, even when Bernard had the ball. Like, he, you know, if, if he was actually going to attempt to, to tackle him, I don't think he could have even fully extended and got him. There was one play where Bernard, I, I'm honestly, I'm not sure. I would have to go back to the video. It, it was either one of them, because, again, there's only two linebackers, but he just absolutely put the linebacker in a blender and just – you know, juked one way and then went towards the middle and, you know, had the guy pretty much doing circles. It, it was rough out there. And uh, you mentioned special teams. I, I it just had me thinking of when we spoke to Keith Armstrong last week and he said, um, he said he liked Stewart because of his, I believe he said he liked his, his speed or his quickness. And he said, and KJ Britt is a guy that's just going to sock you in the mouth. You know, mm-hmm. he's that thumper kind of guy that's true in this scenario doesn't really 
best fit his skill set where maybe it could fit what uh, Stewart could do a, a, a little bit better. It, it's been a, a bit of a struggle, but I again, it's so early. I don't think I'm ready to just completely close the book on both of them. There's a long way to go. Um, but as far as special teams, everything you mentioned, it's 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 not going to be easy. Um, you saw the Bucks, obviously what they did in the in the draft, but you even saw it with uh, Raven Green, who we spoke to today. He's another guy. They brought him in yeah, kind of more for special teams more than anything else because he said himself he made the team when he was with the Packers as an undrafted free agent. He made it. It's funny that he said that because he really has not played a ton of special teams in his career. <laughs> well, that's what he believes. <laughs> I know. He does believe it. And I saw that. And I was kind of laughing. I mean, he played a little bit in Green Bay, but he wasn't like a – you know, four-phase special team guy that's going to be out there in all the units. And I hope he is that in Tampa Bay. That'd be very helpful, especially if he's if he can do that and give them a little dime linebacker option, you know, like that could keep them from having to put five linebackers on this roster or, or maybe even four, you know, depending on how. But we haven't seen Green really even in a pseudo linebacker role yet. So they are taking it slow with him. That's what Green Bay used him as. So, I, you know, I would hope that Tampa Bay would eventually look at him like that. I haven't noticed that at all yet so uh, we'll see what happens with him my concern with Stewart by the way I agree with you that he's a little bit better underneath than KJ Britt when he's rallying forward to the football um but I when he has to flip his hips and get vertical we saw McElroy beat him down the seam we saw Adams beat him on a corner route you know just hard for him to get flip his hips get vertical get depth he's just not fluid like that and that could be something that holds him back too in coverage uh first is tragedy says will you go as far as BA did and comp Trask to Andrew Luck. I, this did not happen. B.A. Well, specifically he, said, I'm not saying is he. He said intelligence-wise, yeah. there's some similarities. But that is not a one-to-one -one comp. I just I don't like when people go, oh, he's a one-to-one -one comp. He clearly went on to say, I'm not saying he's Andrew Luck. Like He was. He even prefaced that, which B.A. doesn't even always preface it. Sometimes he just leaves it out there, and he lets you do what you want with the take. But he actually said. Yeah, he made sure to clarify. Yes, he clarified. He's always right. B.A.'s M.O., not to just keep right. saying letters there, but yeah. Uh, Ren, uh, Ren says, how did punt protection look? They actually didn't do – Pinion's not here. Uh, the yeah, it's his birthday answer. today, by the way. So oh, yeah, it is. Bradley yeah, Pinion. Birthday, yeah, wrote about Bradley Pinion today in Bucks Briefing, by the way. Wrote a lot about special teams. Actually, yep. Ren is probably asking this question because of my Bucks Briefing column today where I talked about punt protection. Um, so whether he's asking it ironically or unironically, we did not get to see punt protection today. No punt, no punt work today. Did a little bit of field goal work. Jose Borales or whatever his name is. I don't know how to say his last name. It went, what, three for five? He missed two kicks. He made yeah, the, the he hurry kept, up one He kept missing left. Kept yeah, he was hoping everything was, everything was pushing left for sure. So uh, we can't really see from our vantage point if the snaps are good or if the holds are good or any of that stuff. So we just know he missed two out of five. Um, and then what else did they do? Oh, the kickoffs at the beginning and then some maybe like individual group special teams work, but nothing – no, yeah, for full that was all within the first started. twenty minutes of right. practice was yep. pretty much just kickoff coverage. So right, so that would uh, that would matter there. Somebody said Grant Stewart for president. Um, okay, I, I mean he's a very well spoken <laughs> guy. Like he's, he's very great, entertaining great, yeah. in his in his opening press conference. So yeah, you know, football doesn't work out. It's, he, we'll see. He Maybe he and Cameron around. Kinley can uh, run on the same ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Capo wants to know how was the running back room today? Non-existent Capo. Keyshawn Vaughn, not there today. Well, the running back room was great, but the yeah. one the running back room was just Giovanni That's Bernard. True. That's true. <laughs> he's the only guy there. We don't know where Troy Main Pope is. CJ Proceis' wife was having a baby, so he's not there. 
And then uh, Keyshawn Vaughn decided he's working out with the uh, with the older guys. Um, and Bruce Arian said he hopes he makes a better decision tomorrow. So message sent to Keyshawn Vaughn. You are not Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette or one of these guys. You need to be Giovanni Bernard's here, buddy. That should be all the – I mean, some of these guys make it so hard, dude. Like if Giovanni Bernard, who's been in the NFL for eight years, is at OTAs, I think you probably need to be there. Like – that's the guy you're competing with. And Tom Brady's not even in town right now, Bruce Aaron said. So, you know, there's opportunity for these guys to be getting work. And, you know, and I asked Bruce straight up about Tyler Johnson as an example, you know, what? And because I don't think we knew that Tyler Johnson was working with Brady. Now, he did post a picture of what looked like him on a field, but it was just a picture of him, I believe, on Instagram. It looked like he was on a field. Couldn't didn't say, I don't think whether, I don't know whether he said he was with those guys or not, but we kept, this was the first we've heard like Tyler Johnson's name. It wasn't been in any of the, Reports wasn't on Brady's Instagram stories, wasn't in Rick Stroud's story the other day of when they moved over over to one buck to keep practicing. So we didn't know about that till today. So glad Tyler Johnson's getting those reps with Brady. But like if Brady's out of town this week, show up and get that work at OTAs, I think is probably something that he and Keyshawn Vaughn both should be doing. I mean, Tyler Johnson's got to look at that wide receiver room and start doing the math, right? Uh, Jalen Darden's balling out. Bacon's having a good camp. Uh, you know what Watson offers on special teams. He's got to learn his special team stuff. I don't care what anybody says about the future with Tyler Johnson. I completely agree with that. But wide receiver six on game days isn't wide receiver six on game days to play wide receiver. He's wide receiver six to play special teams on game days. If three guys get hurt in the game, yeah, that that's going to matter. But he's he's getting a hat, right? He's getting a hat before the game because they need him to play special teams. If he happens to end up playing wide receiver during the game, it's a different story. Um, and again. I think Tyler Johnson's a baller. I've been a huge fan of him going back to college. I was like two rounds higher than he even got drafted on him. So I am high on his future, but I just think those are the kind of things that at the end of the day, when the cuts are as tough as they're going to be on this team, I don't think it's going to matter for him, but I think it might matter for Keyshawn Vaughn if he's not out here and, and other guys are impressing in his absence. One of the last things Bruce Arian said to close out his press conference, he said, I wish they were about 10 guys that were here at OTAs. And he said, there are guys right now that don't even realize that they're in competition for their job. And at, um, for those 10 guys, I'm sure Tyler Johnson and Keyshawn Vaughn were probably two out of those 10. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Tyler Johnson is going to make the, ro- the roster, but I also, again, f- fans kind of get attached to feelings and sentiments and math is something that matters in these situations. You just can't keep everybody. So it will have to be, you know, some, one of those situations. Now, Tyler Johnson can come in and tear it up and mandatory minicamp, and I hope that he does. Yeah, um, but prove the, everyone wrong. Right. And as but as Jalen Darden <laughs> as Jalen Darden gets more and more momentum, it starts to become, okay, Jalen Darden, how to see how do we get him snaps on offense? You know, and if and if he's the return guy, well, he's got his hat on game days already. Let's get him involved mm-hmm. more and more in the offense. Oh, Tyler Johnson can't play on any of the special teams units because he barely played on them last year. Oh, like now we're five deep at wide receiver and because we love what Darden gives us when he's on the field for a few snaps. And that sixth guy really now, even if there's two injuries in the game, is still going to be a special teamer really for us, you know, for this season anyway. So then it becomes hard, right? You have to get more creative, right? Like, okay, that sixth guy's just going to be teams because we got five receivers we love. And we love Tyler Johnson, but Darden has given us this, and he's a return guy. Scotty's given us this these vertical balls every single game. He's a threat in that area. Like top three, you already know. So then it becomes okay. How do do we Tyler Johnson or Justin Watson? Well, obviously Tyler Johnson's a way better wide receiver, but Justin Watson. I mean, watch special teams tape from this past season. 
really good special teamer. And Bruce Arians went out of his way to say that. So, again, I'm not a big Justin Watson fan as a receiver. Tyler Johnson's light years better. I think it would be crazy to cut Tyler Johnson to keep Justin Watson around. But if you have seven receivers and you're trying to figure out who's active on game days, that's when I, I understand kind of where that perspective is coming from. Everybody's probably – Probably tired of me talking about Tyler Johnson. I was gonna say, I feel like we're kind of rehashing uh, Thursdays. I don't even remember. I can't remember Thursday, man. I don't even remember this past weekend, so I probably just repeated <laughs> everything. I already said. Um, somebody wants to know if Leighton McCarthy was out there. Uh, was he out there? Let me think of the number. Let's double check. Good question. Leighton McCarthy. That name is. Familiar to me. I don't even see him out here. I don't even see yeah. him on the roster they gave us. Do you? I don't see him. I do not. But um, what was interesting was Elijah Ponder, nose tackle, 6'3, 275, oh, yeah. nose tackle from Cincinnati, was working out with the outside linebackers. Uh, so could be seeing a position switch for Elijah Ponder, where number 44 looked like he trimmed down some. I think he's going to be moving to outside linebacker to join that group. So um, we'll see kind of, we'll just have to track. I didn't notice so much. You know, it's hard to get, a, I don't even really pay attention to O-line, D-line too much um, during these times, but during these practices when there's no pads on. But um, let's see, isn't Mickens the guy who went down with 202 to go in the NFC title game? He basically gave Green Bay a free timeout, could have cost us big. Well, he was clearly intentionally went down there so he right was, it, that was something he was instructed that was a discussion do. we had we all thought that that was um you know he was instructed to do that right yeah i mean no hey, why, why would he just he wouldn't it just worked out down. it worked out it worked out <laughs> it wasn't what i would have instructed him to do but yeah <laughs> um i'm not sure what the the exact conversation was with the coaching staff there but um somebody said surely he was told to knee to kneel once the clock hit two minutes no i that wouldn't be it. Um, he, he's not. He can't be watching the defense and the clock mid play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on a return, you're just looking up get, at the clock yeah, as you get, get lit up. Gonna get lit up and fumble the rock. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, John wants to know. I thought they got Britt for that fourth inside linebacker for goal line stance. I mean, nobody gets drafted for that. If you're the fourth guy in those situations, you're also a, a key special teamer. So if it happens yeah. to be both, that's great. But you draft guys for for special teams, you know. At that Plus, point Todd draft. Bowles would be the first guy to be like, "Well, we never want to be in a goal line situation in the first place, so right, why right. would we draft a guy for that?" Right. But yeah, in that situation, definitely, I think that he could be. Um, somebody said, "Could Vortex wants to know could he see us cutting Keyshawn Vaughn?" You know, I just really want to see what Pope offers, what Procise offers. I'll be honest. I if they keep four running backs, it's just not a. There's not a lot of competition for the fourth spot right now. Um, there's also not much path to Vaughn being one of the top three guys unless somebody gets traded. So, um, I I don't really see Vaughn getting cut right now. If I had to guess, I'd say he makes the roster. But crazier things have happened. And also, man. wouldn't you rather see him? See if he can develop more this season. Because if you cut him right now, you're kind of already yeah. showing your hand that you're going to be looking for a new running back next season, probably in the draft, unless you're going to re-sign Rojo or Leonard Fournette. And as we've seen with the history of re-signing running backs, it's not really the the way to go. 
So, right. I mean, I think it's way too early to give up on him just because he didn't come to an OTA. You could be angry if you're Bruce Arians, and he probably should, but to, right. to cut him already, I don't know. I mean, let him play a preseason game for us. What right. if he pans out on special oh, yeah. We don't know. Uh, absolutely. No, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I think maybe he meant by the time. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, that's that's my bad. He, that's probably but, but I agree with you that I would let him play this season probably and see. I mean, if you had a stud at four, you know, somebody like that was clearly going to help the team more, but right now I don't see that, so. Um, so yeah. I would definitely still keep him uh, where he is. Um, Flash Gordon says, I saw a headline that the Bucks think Anthony Nelson is going to have a breakout year to two sacks or, th- or three sacks. <laughs> I mean, that's all. What's it going to take? Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but I do like – I like Anthony Nelson. I thought today it was funny. Somebody asked, would you rather be dropping into coverage or rushing the passer, Anthony Nelson? I was like, come on. Hmm. And then obviously he was like, Trying to diplomatically answer, the I don't know. <laughs> but it just made me laugh too because Anthony Nelson probably never thought he'd be dropping any coverage as much as he is uh, in the NFL. Hey, JPP had two interceptions. If he asked him that question, he might say dropping in the coverage. That's true. You might. <laughs> you definitely might. Uh, Big Cat Chat says uh, he he's joining late. He's a Jags Gators fan and want to hear about Trask. What do you got for me, uh, man? I think Trask played really well today. Again, it was just decisive. Ball's coming out. Um, is accurate. It didn't not tight enough windows for me to get much observation on the arm strength thing. wasn't also wasn't close enough uh, from our, where we were to be able to judge it a lot. But accurate ball on time, threw the ball with nice touch over the top, which I feel like is definitely one of his hallmark uh, abilities. Um, I think that's one of the big reasons why I got drafted. This offense, a lot of vertical balls, and he does. He just throws that ball well. It's not really an arm strength thing. It's just a touch and accuracy timing thing. That's. That's one of his better attributes. The intermediate short areas of the field, I think he leaves something to be desired at times, placement uh, um, and, and velocity. But, yeah, when he has to drop a ball in over the top, I think it's it's pretty. So the hope is if he gets out there, he could hit enough big plays to offset maybe some of the efficiency issues early on and then kind of develop from there. That would be my thoughts on yeah, I would just say he looks much more comfortable in the in the offense than he did two or three weeks ago. You could see he's got good poise in the pocket. Obviously, they drafted him because uh, he's smart from the, from the neck up, or he's great from the neck up, as Bruce Aarons likes to say. And yeah, he doesn't look shaky or jittery at all or anything like that when when he's looking through the process when a play develops. So it's all promising signs. There's a long way to go, but. He was making a lot of the outside throws that we didn't see two weeks ago. So he's, you know, he's progressing and getting better day by day. And I think that's a really good thing to see if you're a Bucks fan or a Gators fan. Right. Sadie says, uh, Geo is awesome. Vaughn needs a ton of work. Why the heck would he not be at OTAs? Well, at least we have depth at quarterback. Blaine can step in for a game or two and Trask can manage the clipboard for Griff. I don't know why that's going to shake out. I mean, again, I think they will keep Griffin around. Uh, it might be the practice squad, depending on how the rules are. I don't know, again, what those are going to be. Um, Geo was great today. Like I said, uh, I think the Bucks coaches have gotten everything they've expected from Geo he's brought to the table. Um, so, you know, hopefully that just continues. I think he's going to stand out a mandatory minicamp. And the other thing, I think he'll make those linebackers for the Bucks better in coverage. They're probably going to get a lot of one-on-one work, and I bet he and Devin White square up a good bit in the one-on-one work. I was just that, thinking that. That's going to be such yeah. a fun matchup, Devin White right. and Geo Bernard. Hopefully he's able to keep te- help teach Devin White some things about staying under control and man coverage because that's still an area where White he got a lot better in zone toward the end of the year, but when he's in man coverage, you know Levante David that's a strength of his and, and it's not been a strength of Devin White's and you'd love to see if he can add that to his arsenal 
it's just another thing that makes him one of the better young linebackers in the league. So hopefully there'll be some uh, some uh, uh, desire to rub off on on White in that way um, for sure. So uh, what other observations? Anything else at practice today? Uh, ben wants to know anything more on Travis Johnson. Uh, pressed by his play a couple practices ago. Um, was that you and Ta- Taylor that were excited about him? Travis Johnson? I don't remember right now. I don't either. think that was me. Taylor and I were at the Somebody. rookie OTAs. Um, okay. Somebody, yeah, somebody John, was excited Johnson about was Travis fine. Johnson. He, he made a couple of plays. I wouldn't say he necessarily you know, yeah, really I mean, did anything that would like really blew anyone away. But you know, they're using him some little screenplays or little little situations where he they line him out wide and then he'd run like two yards and just right over the middle to get the ball into his hands quickly and then see if he could turn it upfield from there. So they definitely would like to see if they can do something with him. And yeah, I, I thought he was fine. You know, it wasn't spectacular, but he wasn't terrible yeah. by any means. So. Clearly, Johnson and Grayson, and um, clearly Johnson and Grayson were uh, behind Darden and Mickens. Um, Grayson had a drop or two. He also had a couple nice routes. He routes. He he's did. a great. He's a great athlete, and so yeah. that always kind of stands out with Grayson to the point where he doesn't look out of place. Um, Again, you were talking about a guy with like no chance here. <laughs> He's like the ninth guy, and and same with Johnson, really. But um, Johnson, a couple of times, seemed like there were some miscommunications, slowing up on routes, things like that. Um, not quite on the same page timing wise. Uh, didn't know, don't remember any drops with him. Don't have any drops in my notes. Um, honestly, don't remember even seeing TJ Simmons today. I'm gonna have to check with a couple other people. Do you remember seeing him? Yeah, I do remember seeing. I remember writing his name down because I was just trying to see oh, yeah. the number of receivers that were actually out there. Because, like we said, one right. running back, two linebackers. Um, yeah, he was out there. Don't remember much from don't, him. Yeah, he didn't really make that. a play or two. As I check my notes here, I um, think those guys. Johnson is just so raw. Like that's the. It's hard for him to be. I mean, things about Mickens and Darden is that even if the routes aren't perfect, they can just create space, create separation. Yeah, maybe you have to work on some timing and when this route cuts and, oh, it actually breaks at three yards, not at five yards, you know, things like that. But the natural ability is so clear where Johnson doesn't have that. So he's got to be a little bit more technical to get to where he wants to go. And it's just not quite there with him yet. So um, I think Johnson will be the kind of guy that makes a few plays in camp that make people excited or maybe in preseason. Um, he's definitely a guy I'm, I'm excited to see if they do like some direct snaps to him. Cause we know he simulated Tyson Taysom Hill. Yeah. So we'll see if they, uh, use him in that way. Some, um, the Mitch wants to know if the vets were practicing at the facility, not today, maybe or not when we were there, but, uh, I believe Brady's out of town. Arian said this week. So we'll see if the other guys end up showing up later this week and participating some with the rest of the team at OTAs. Uh, Arian's kind of, a little bit frustrated today, Matt, as we kind of get ready to close things out. He was definitely a little bit frustrated today, and we'll explain why in a second. But first, my bookie wants you to know baseball and basketball seasons are long, and with up to 400 potential matches a month, hang on, you can make each and every one matter by having skin in the game with mybookie.ag. Whether you're placing a wager on your favorite team, player, or just looking for kicks, mybookie gives you the best odds and tons of options to make all of your favorite sports a hell of a lot more exciting. How about the NHL playoffs, too? We've enjoyed those immensely. Bet on the Lightning versus, well, now the Panthers, they're done. They they already took care of business there. 
So you can bet on all the Lightning series as they go all the way, I'm sure, to the finals again. I had the Lightning <laughs> money like line the other night. Did you? All right, there yeah. you go. Take advantage of odds on the NBA or NHL foot playoffs or hit up the MyBookie Casino for the full-fledged experience where weekly blackjack tournaments give you and your friends a crack at prize pools of up to $50,000. Go to MyBookie.ag, sign up now, and use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to get your first deposit matched up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. So use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. So make sure you check out my bookie as this NBA and NHL playoffs uh, rage on a little bit. But yeah, Bruce Arians was not really that happy today after practice. I, I guess maybe that's too harsh. He's happy to with it. the people that were here. Yes, right. But he he wishes there were more guys. He wishes there were about ten more guys out there. And I think he's talking about the Keyshawn Vaughns and the Tyler Johnsons and the Joe Jones. He did say. Tyler Johnson's not, as he put it, quote unquote, a dumbass. He's working yeah. with Tom Brady. And so <laughs> he is he said, not a that's dumbass. right. Not we thought for a second he was gonna say he was, and we were like, Yeah, like, oh, he's not here, coming. he's a dumbass, but right. no, but that he, was not. He said he's not because he's working with Brady, and so he knows kind of where where he's where he's getting his money. And Aaron said, I might be working with Brady too. Uh, <laughs> but especially guys like Vaughn and I think Joe Jones, he liked to get out here and obviously not knowing the situation with uh, with the birth of their kid. And so hopefully he gets them, him out, back soon and CJ Procise. And, but there were some other guys. I mean, uh, we don't know where John Molson was today, but we didn't see him out there. I checked with Greg Allman even uh, just to see if he'd noticed and he had not, did not notice him at all out there either. Um, obviously Herb Miller, uh, Joe Tryon, uh, not practicing just yet. Uh, same with John Franklin. So there's some guys uh, that, that aren't out there just yet. Um, so a couple names like that. I'm trying to think who else, um, wasn't quite out there uh, in action. Again, I didn't notice Josh Pearson, but he probably was out there today, but I didn't notice him. Um, but, you know, you'd like to have at least all those guys competing for roster spots out there, you know. Um, you know, maybe he wants to see even a Ross Cockrell out there, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, he's uh, a vet, so he's established at this point. But Right. Um, here we go. Mitch wants to know any room for Julio Jones on the roster. Let's I saw that. that. I didn't think you were actually going to click on that. <laughs> Let's click on it, man. No, but if Julio Jones were on this roster, he's not going to be here. He's probably one of the few teams in the NFL you can totally rule Julio Jones off. Uh, but if Julio Jones was a buck, imagine that. Imagine that top four. And just book everyone, just book your hotel for Los Angeles because, uh, yeah. If if you can't win a Super Bowl, those four, you just, I mean. Right. Football's a game of luck. That's all I'd say. <laughs> that would be my conclusion, and I would give up analysis. Um, but yeah, Julio Jones not going to be a buck, unfortunately. Just is what it is. So it was a great day of practice. Uh, good observations all the way around. A lot of guys standing out. Again, hopefully, as we get closer to mandatory minicamp, we get more of the uh, the top players out there, and we're able to better judge some judge some of these standouts and see kind of where they stack up on the roster. But uh, I don't know that you could say it could be a better start for Cal Trask and for Jalen Darden, at least at this point. I think both have really stood out positively. We haven't seen Joe Tryon yet. Can't wait for his practice debut, probably coming next week. Bruce Aaron said he will be out there for mandatory minicamp, so that uh, is a good and positive news. Uh, but if he's able to stand out too, it'll be a great start for those guys. And um, obviously Robert Hainsey, we won't probably learn much about him until training camp just because yeah. of the nature of things with the line. But uh, I don't know. I think it's been an encouraging start to see Darden the way that I've seen him see Cal Trask settle in after that rough first day and get better each practice that I've been out there watching him. I mean, obviously we know what it is. We're not trying to put these guys in the hall of fame. We're just saying <laughs> you want to see more good than bad. And we've seen more good than bad. 
yeah, you got a lot of guys out there that are just eager and willing to learn and just want to be out there. And it's great to see, and it makes it that much more exciting for when training camp gets here later in the summer. But uh, it's a very encouraging start. Yep, absolutely. Lightning play tonight, 730. You're going to be watching the game, Matt? I have a playoff game of my own. Oh, playoff game of your own. Uh, in volleyball, so uh, we'll Ooh. see. I, I'll definitely stay in tune with the uh, with the score and stuff. Outside hitter, what do we got here? Yeah, outside, outside hitter. All right, yeah, All right. it's yeah, you. it's four v four, so you kind of got to play everywhere. But I, I love playing up front. That's that's my way to go. Gotcha. All right. All I right. like blocking cool. more than spiking too. Oh, well, I'm I like to. Not yeah. very good at volleyball, but uh, when I played, <laughs> yes, I agree with you. Blocking. I was probably shot. the only football player and volleyball player in my high school. That's uh. <laughs> Hey, that's oh. a versatile skill set. That's a yeah. versatile skill set. It's a, right yeah, exactly. And you know what? The Bucks are always looking for versatility. So I was going to say, you might be able to crack that wide receiver room. <laughs> Maybe not the yeah. wide receiver room. I don't think I have the speed for it. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably <laughs> the weakness. All right, good stuff on the pod. Tomorrow we'll be back. We talk a lot about special teams tomorrow. I'm going to try and be prepared to answer all your questions, Bucks fans, on special teams tomorrow. So have your questions ready. I've studied the punk coverage team. I'm going to try to study the rest of these units, write about them a lot in the coming weeks, but have those questions ready. If you want to know about special teams, I'm going to try and do my best to be able to educate you tomorrow on the podcast and let you know where this team can get better. Cause everybody's like, Oh, they allowed a big return against Detroit. Well, what actually happened? You know, what are they a couple big returns against the saints? And that's all people remember. They don't remember good coverage plays or anything. You know, it goes right out of your brain. If, if it's just a normal, you know, three yard return or a fair catch, but there's a lot that goes on even on those plays, and I'm going to watch those plays, and I'm going to try and tell you what's what's going on. So we're going to talk special teams tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. Bring your questions. Thursday we got Mr. Mr. Bucks Nation coming on the podcast. Can't not wait for this. It's going to be a great show with James. Uh, excited to have him on the show. I was on. I had the honor of being on his show last week. He's had Grant Stewart on since then. Go make sure you go over to Mr. Bucks Nation on YouTube. Subscribe to his channel. Check out his podcast. He does awesome, awesome stuff. And we are excited to kind of be doing this cross promotion with him and be uh, having him on the podcast on Thursday. So it'll be a great time. Scott is trying to make his way back. The voice is still not there, ladies and gentlemen. So keep keep uh, lifting up Scott's and Scott and your thoughts and prayers as his voice tries to make an epic recovery. We don't necessarily have a ton of pods this week because we uh, the Memorial Day we didn't have the pod. So um, we'll probably be we'll see what Scott's status is for tomorrow. We'll have James on on Thursday. Uh, and then we'll hope that Scott's back in the rotation in time for mandatory minicamp. Joining the rejoining the pod at the same time, Joe Tryon is trying to make his practice debut for the Bucks. So good stuff and a ton of fun as always. We appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in to another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out.